Super Talk Mississippi media production. As I said on Monday, it's, it's reunion week here on uh, on Thunder and Lightning. We're bringing back some of our old friends. Matthew Stevens covers Illinois for Illini guys up there in Big Ten country. Good to have you back on the podcast, my friend. Illinois, you know, we were, we were talking on today's pod about what Illinois is missing. You know, they're missing some big pieces from opt-outs, from, from coaching changes. Let's start with Ryan Walters. What does his departure mean for this Illinois defense, specifically for this game? Specifically for this game, it means that Aaron Henry is going to be the defensive coordinator for the first time in his life. Um, and uh, Ryan was a huge piece to why Illinois is eight and four, why Illinois was ranked, why Illinois at one point had, you know, the the was in the driver's seat to to get it to Indianapolis to have sixty minutes to possibly get to Pasadena. Um, you know, there's there's a reason why Illinois had statistically one of the best defenses in the country, if not the best defense in the country. And in FBS this year, Ryan Walters was a huge part of that. Uh, His ability to, you know, kind of do what Leach did offensively, I would say, is that, I mean, Ryan's call sheet was was on a note card. It wasn't like the big Waffle House menu you see these guys use either on both sides of the ball. Ryan had a had a note card and it was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to make it really, really simple for you. And the guys just ate that up. And, and then his aggressiveness is what kind of transformed this Illini defense. They they obviously when Bielema took the job in, in December of 2020, um, they they immediately went to what they wanted in a three, four style. But but Ryan never allowed the formation to dictate what they were going to do. He was going to be aggressive no matter what they decided to do. And and there were times that they, they, they showed an odd man front. There were times they showed a four man traditional front. Um, That was all Ryan. It was just, Hey, let's get our best 11 out there for as long as we can. And, um, and, and, and Ryan kind of played off the idea that Bielema and, and the, the offensive side kind of want to control the tempo and, 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 you know, win the time of possession game. They uh, they basically decided that if we're going to do that on offense, Ryan, you can go do whatever you want to do on defense from an aggressive standpoint. And Ryan ate that up. And so um, it's a big loss for Illinois for this particular game, because I think it we're going to get a chance to see if Aaron Henry's, you know, call sheet and his ability to call a defense for the first time. And again, his in his life is going to be. Uh, is going to be affected by Ryan Walters and Kevin Kane because guys, let me explain to everybody like this, this is a team effort at Illinois. Brett Bielema, Kevin Kane, Ryan Walters, and Andy Boo, who all have defensive coordinator experience, would get in a room in the week and and you know divvy out the game plan. Um, and Kevin Kane was your eyes in the sky. He's not there anymore either. So um, there's a couple of coaches that are missing, and I think the preparation could be a little bit different. For you're using graduate assistants and you're using you know student assistants at outside linebacker and potentially at some maybe safety spots that Illinois is going to have some some new players in. So this is this is a this is going to be a big test for for what Mississippi State's going to throw at them offensively. And then you know the personnel, obviously Chase Brown, one of the best running backs in the country. He's out for this one. He's opted out. Uh, in the secondary, two big pieces out, and you're playing an air raid team. In your opinion, what's the bigger loss, offense or defense? I think defense because you saw, like, in the Michigan game when they, you know, again, you know, Taz Nicholson's been out for a while, so they've had they've had to reshuffle corners and, and nickels the way they've had to do them um, throughout the year. He wasn't in the Michigan game. 
And you saw in that last drive where Michigan was able to get down the field and score score a field goal to win that game, there were a lot of freshmen and there were a lot of redshirt freshmen out of there in that defensive secondary. And and now Devin Witherspoon's not going to be there to cover them up. You know, this yeah, I think Devin Witherspoon is a bigger piece to lose. I know that sounds weird, but He's he's the guy that I think is the best defensive player on this team. I think he's going to be a late first round pick in the NFL in the NFL draft. That hasn't happened at Illinois in a long, long time. And without Taz Nicholson's ability to be able to at least have some experience out on that island, you're going to have some guys like Xavier Scott and guys like that way down the depth chart that have not maybe making their first career start in this Gator Bowl against a team that's going to throw it you know for 50, 60 times. And 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 Will Rogers is is going to be able to find matchups. Um, at least where my receiver is going to be more experienced than the guy that's lined up opposite of you. And I think they're going to have to use a lot more, uh, um, you know, zone concepts, which, you know, Ryan hated to do. Um, and I think that Aaron hates to do, quite frankly, it's it's it maybe a trial by fire for these guys so that they can see what it's going to be like going into next season and, and quite frankly, next spring. So I think the defensive side of the ball is, should be a major, bigger concern, but, Again, you're taking Chase Brown out of the equation. And if you ask Barry Lunny, the offensive coordinator, his objective always was to get the football in the, into the hands of his best player. That would be Chase Brown. So I, I think that uh, I think that there's there's concern on both sides. But I think defensively, stopping that passing attack with guys that are redshirt freshmen and freshmen that haven't seen a whole lot of action is is something that they've they've anticipated because they didn't think Devin was ever going to play in this game but it's something that they've had to game plan for for about two, three weeks. You look at the Big Ten, the the only team that really throws the ball the way Mississippi State does is Purdue. Uh, Looking at the box score of that game, 31-24 Purdue, you covered that game. It looks like Illinois did a pretty good job of covering up Purdue's passing game. O'Connell only averaged 5.9 per attempt. He was 25 of 40 for 237 yards. He did throw three touchdowns in that game. It's obviously not the same Illinois team, but schematically, what did they do in that game to, to limit Purdue to only 237 yards passing? Well, first thing they weren't going to do was let Devin Mockaby beat them. Um, we, we are not going to – I mean, the weird sounds – sounds weird playing Purdue, but we're not going to let you run the ball and allow you to have second and medium, third and short, right? And, and we're not going to allow you to do that. The thing the box score doesn't say about that game, Brian, is that there were five pass interference calls in that game, some of which were legit, some of which were not. Um, There's a pass interference call against Spoon, who isn't obviously going to play in the game, where he picked the pass off and didn't touch anybody, and they called him for a P.I. Um, Jeff Brown does a really, really good job of scheming it up to where, uh, obviously, Aiden O'Connell's not going to keep the ball in his hands for very long. Illinois was kind of hamstrung to Ryan's aggressiveness in that game because, well, if if you don't, as you know, Brian, offensively, if you don't want to get sacked, you're not going to get sacked. So hey, the ball came out quick, and that's why it was only like five, six yards you know, per, per attempt because even completions you know, were only five, not more than 10 yards down the field. But when they wanted to take shots, they got PIs. And that was a big concern, again, because, you know, Taz Nicholson was was trying to play and he really, really couldn't. Um, and then you're, you're looking at, again, guys like Xavier Scott, guys like, uh, you know, some guys in that 2022 recruiting class that hadn't been seen a whole lot, um, but they were really, Aaron Henry has always been really high on, you know, they got beat a little bit um, in that game. And it was it was how Purdue was able to kind of take a lead and take a take control of that football game was was Aiden O'Connell's ability to to at least manufacture PIs and or try to get the short passing game 
to a really, really good NFL tight end in Payne Durham. And I think that's 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 how Purdue was able to scheme it up a little bit and use Ryan Walters' aggressiveness against him. Um, it'll be interesting to see how aggressive Illinois wants to get with its with its DBs because that's the thing that I think Ryan kind of took over with his Illinois defense is that not only were they tactically where, where you would want them to be, but physically with their corners, they were able to get get in your kitchen and basically get you off routes that they wanted you to run. Um, and I think that I don't know if they, they feel really, really good about all of their guys being able to do that because they just they they are so concerned about getting beat deep. And then you you factor in the idea that your 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 big veteran playing safety back there, Sidney Brown's not going to be there either. Um, the twin brother twin twin Chase's twin brother is not going to be back there either. So you're gonna have, have a new safety back there. Um, probably Keontae Curry, who's again a redshirt freshman who they they like a lot, but they they certainly don't trust him as much as Sidney Brown's almost had 55, I think, starts in his Illini career. Um, so that's that's the quarterback of your defense. It's also not going to be there. So yeah, I, I, I they they haven't seen it as much. They did a really, really good job, I thought, against Virginia early on in the year of of you know, being aggressive with their blitzes and getting Brennan Armstrong to the ground. But when they couldn't get home to the quarterback, there were issues. And I think that that could be an issue on January 2nd. One thing we always do, and you you know this, I know you've listened to the podcast, is that we do the X factor when we do our, our previews. The guy who we think isn't, you know, the offensive or defensive player of the game, but somebody who can make a play. That seems like a pretty wide open description for this Illinois team because you know, their offensive and defensive MVPs are probably guys who aren't playing. Who's somebody in this game that's maybe a little further down the, uh, the 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 public eye that could make a play in this game that turns it for Illinois? Well, I think if Illinois is going to play well, first of all, Tommy DeVito's got to play really, really well. This is the last game he'll probably suit up for the Orange and Blue, and I think he's got to play really, really well. The idea also is that you know they're going to try to get the ball, I think, to number one as soon as they possibly can, and that's Isaiah Williams. There, That's a guy that Alabama wanted at wide receiver, Florida. Florida wanted at wide receiver. A whole bunch of Blue Bloods wanted at wide receiver when he was coming out in the recruiting process. He wanted to play quarterback. That didn't work out. And finally, when Brett Bielema came to town, he said, hey, you're a wide receiver. And it's it's worked out pretty well in that slot receiver position. If they can get him in open space, I think that Isaiah can have a big day. On defense, there's a guy that I, I remember looking at when I covered the SEC, and I was like, okay, that works. That's NFL, and that's Gabe Yakis. If Gabe Yakis can get to Will Rogers and get him on the ground, he is physically the most imposing you know pass rusher I've seen in quite some time, and he was a freshman All-American for a reason. So I think he's a guy that can make a big impact on this game. And then interior-wise, you have the law firm, and I think they've got to get home. And then that's, that's Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph. And – Johnny Newton's going to have about 60 people in the stands, you know, born and raised in Tampa. Um, and I, I I am shocked that Johnny Newton actually is going to play in this game because I think he's a projected second or third round pick um, potentially in, in, the, in this coming draft. He has a potential to, as a defensive tackle, to really mess up, you know, what Mississippi State wants to do from a timing perspective. Um, and Keith Randolph's one of the best athletes I've ever seen in state state champion in basketball um, here in Illinois. Um, and I think he has a chance to put together a really, really good bowl game and have that be a momentum shift for him next year as, as a big-time pass rusher. So um, I think that those are the guys that you're going to be looking at on on both sides of the ball. The, the major, major question is, is that, you know, obviously Chase Brown's not going to be there. So you're going to get a good – good sample of what Illinois running game is personnel wise is going to look like next year. That involves Reggie love who 
is a guy who is who is coming off a great game against Northwestern, but Northwestern's defense was terrible um, this past year. He's got to be able to get a good momentum game, you know, on January second to give these coach this give this coaching staff an idea that okay, we're going to be fine with Reggie Love and maybe a couple other dudes down the depth chart when when Chase hears his name in, in the NFL draft. So Brett Bielema is always going to want to run the football, and it's going to be a question as to whether or not if it's Reggie Love, if it's a healthy Josh McCray who um, who's from Alabama and was a fre- was a freshman all. Big Ten selection last year, but has dealt with injuries all year. Um, that's going to be the big question. Is the big X factor is who's going to run the ball for Illinois because they're not going to just throw it all over the parking lot once they get to Tampa because that's just not what Brett Bielema and Barry Lunny have have done all year long. First team to thirty wins. Oh, if, if Mississippi State gets to thirty, Illinois is in trouble. I'm telling you that right now because Illinois' offense is not one. It's not. It's not. It's obviously it's not you know, schemed up to play from behind. That was the big problem in the Purdue game. It was the big problem in the Michigan State loss that they had. Um, but if but if, Michi- if Mississippi State can, A, get off to an early start and get off to an early lead, and, B, get as close as they can to, to 30, that's going to be huge problems for Illinois because I just don't think Tommy DeVito is – and this offense that Barry has schemed up for him is going to be capable of winning a shootout with Mississippi State. They've got to get off the field on defense, and they've got to control the clock and control time of possession. If they do that, Illinois has got a really good shot, I think, to win this football game. But if it becomes a shootout, I don't think Illinois is is set up to do that. I, I, the exact same thing is true about Mississippi State. So I expected a dirty, ugly, low-scoring game. We'll see what happens, though, uh, down there in Tampa. Matt Stevens, man, always great to talk to you. Glad to have you back on the show. Uh, enjoy Tampa and the new year, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Do you, do you do that yourself, Brian. Good to see you. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.